Chapter Sixteen of Miss Philura's Wedding Gown by Florence Morse Kingsley. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. It was exactly two weeks from the following Thursday when the Ladies' Aid and Missionary Society met at the parsonage for the purpose of sewing a new carpet for the pastor's study. Painters and paper hangers had been at work in the house during the minister's absence and the dingy rooms had taken on a look of brightness and cleanliness pleasing to the eye. Abby Stiles, with her head swathed in a towel against dusts and draughts, was busy putting things to rights, in view of the homecoming of Mr. and Mrs. Pettibone. "'Yes, Miss Buckthorn,' stated Miss Stiles. "'I'm going to stay right on, for a spell anyhow, till she gets kind of broke to harness.' Mrs. Buckthorn paused in the act of unrolling the long breadths of carpet to gaze darkly at Electa Pratt, who was assisting her. "'A hired girl,' this excellent lady murmured. "'Well, I never. I shouldn't think Mrs. Pettibone could afford it, especially now that he's married.' Miss Pratt giggled girlishly. Oh, "'I guess he can afford most anything now,' was her opinion. All Flora has to do is hold the thought. If that ain't unchristian, opined Mrs. Buckthorn, I don't know what is. I guess the Lord of Hosts knows what is good for Flora Rice without any of her meddling. Mrs. Puffer, a softly round and rosy matron, approached with a skein of carpet thread. Oh, my, wasn't she lovely? I never saw such a sweet dress. Satin as thick as cream, chimed in Sadie Buckthorn, waxing a length of thread vigorously. Sadie Buckthorn was slim and rosy and eighteen. Her brown eyes sparkled defiantly as she spoke. I think Miss Fuliora is just perfectly sweet, she declared, but I never can get used to calling her Mrs. Pettibone. "'Well, I didn't see none of it,' sighed a sallow-faced woman in a black dress. "'I couldn't get out and know how Thanksgiving Day. "'My husband's mother was visiting us, and she was took with one of her spells, "'just as I was putting on my rubbers to go. "'It was just my luck.' <sighs> "'Mrs. Salter sighed heavily as she spoke. "'Her luck, as she called it, always appeared to intervene between herself "'and any cherished purpose.' "'But, of course, you've heard all about it, haven't you?' asked Mrs. Puffer. Mrs. Salter shook her head sadly. "'There ain't been a soul near me since to tell me anything. "'As I said to Mother Salter this morning, "'if I don't break my leg on the ice this afternoon,' I says, "'maybe I'll get out to the ladies' aid and hear the news. "'And I did come near slipping down right in front of the house. "'I'm always so unlucky.' "'I'll tell you about the wedding.' volunteered Sadie Buckthorn eagerly. She glanced about the circle of industrious women with an imperious toss of her dark head. In the first place, she began, the church was full, even the gallery, and it looked dandy. The helping hand circle had trimmed it with evergreen, and right down in front of the pulpit was a big gilt horn of plenty, full of all sorts of fruit and vegetables. "'Oh, was that what it was meant for?' put in Miss Pratt with sly malice. "'I couldn't imagine. I thought perhaps it was another collection for the pastor.' 
the girl reached for more thread she longed to say something sharp and clever and scathing but at the moment she could think of nothing so she merely tilted up her pink chin aggressively at miss pratt it was a horn of plenty she said positively whether you or anybody else recognized it it means abundance plenty of everything good and rich and nice i'm sure we all hope they'll be blessed observed mrs salter plaintively whereat two or three of the older women wiped their eyes there was plenty of sermon anyway pursued the lively miss buckthorn the minister from newton preached and we girls thought he'd never stop daughter intoned mrs buckthorn majestically wagging a warning finger well it was awfully long and miss philura sitting there in the pew all that while waiting did you notice the cloak she had on asked mrs scrimger from the opposite side of the room a babel of tongues uprose and the anxious mrs salter gathered with difficulty that miss philura's bridal gown had been concealed from the view of the congregation till the last minute by a sumptuous fur-lined garment it was miss bennett who had just entered who added authoritatively that the cloak in question was the gift of genevieve's ma from boston and it cost a hundred dollars if it cost a cent the little dressmaker had of a sudden become a person of distinction in innisfield from the pinnacle of her greatness she cast a look of complacent superiority about the circle of workers you're puckering that there seam miss puffer she observed rebukingly here just you let me take hold nobody even glanced in the direction of sadie buckthorn who was humming the immortal strains of the wedding march from lohengrin i can just tell you ladies my heart was in my mouth when they come to stand up to be married declared miss malvina oh, thinks i if that there waist wrinkles in the back i'll feel like shutting up my shop for good and all she paused a dangling length of carpet thread in one hand the better to enjoy the unwonted sensation of being the observed of all observers tain't no easy job to make a real good heavy piece of satin lay just so but land i needn't a worried it fitted her like a duck's foot in the mud there was quiet in the room for a full minute after miss bennett's last remark while flashing needles flew in and out and the soft staccato phrases of the wedding march roused a reminiscent tenderness in each matronly breast then sadie buckthorn spoke softly as if still gazing at a never-to-be-forgotten vision of exquisite happiness miss philura's wedding gown was like her she said and she seemed like oh a lovely angel just dressed for heaven daughter murmured mrs buckthorn with a pious upward glance End of chapter 16 End of Miss Philura's Wedding Gown by Florence Morse Kingsley